Welcome to the Mark and Lila Love Broadway Podcast. I'm Mark. I've been a fan of musical theater since I was a little kid. Seeing shows on Broadway, listening to original cast recordings on cassette, and performing in community theater. I'm Lila, and I love musical theater, but I'm a newbie. The theater bug bit me late in life, but boy, did it bite me. So grab your favorite beverage, get comfy, and let's talk Broadway. Hello, and welcome to the latest installment of Mark and Lila Love Broadway. I'm Mark. And I'm Lila. And we think musicals are like a bittersweet symphony. In this week's installment, we're going to talk about two local shows that we saw here recently, here in Dallas, Next to Normal at Theater 3, and Cruel Intentions, the 90s musical with Uptown Players. Before we dive in, we always like to start our show by sharing with our listeners something different that we've done, music, theater-related or not, that we have done in the past week or so. Um, Lila, what do you have to share? So, a few weeks ago, I was really lucky, and I was able to score a ticket to Seth Radevsky's Broadway concert series. Mm -hmm. And it was at the Majestic, which is this beautiful historical theater in downtown Dallas, and Jesse Mueller was there, too. And it was so cool. I was so excited to see Seth in the flesh and blood. And I got a ticket to where you could sit um, in the basically the orchestra pit. And then you got to do a meet and greet after the show. And I will say, sitting in the orchestra pit, it was a it was a little bit too close. I wish I'd been met back maybe two or three rows because I sort of was looking up and then over. But I'm not going to complain and it because it was still great. He was an amazing piano player. Jesse has pipes that don't quit. And she's able to do so many different kinds of songs. And... It was just, it was great. And then there were some kids that were there, some students that sang with Jesse, and you were allowed to record. So she was like, okay, parents, record. And so, of course, everybody did. And then I got to take a picture with them, and I gave each of them one of our podcast business cards. I saw, yeah, I saw the picture of you with them on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter (laughs) and in the AOL chat rooms. (laughs) And I'm very jealous because I wanted to go to that concert, but that was a day after I got back from Europe. Oh, yes. And I, I was. So you knew ahead. And I knew I'd be jet lagged because yeah. Yeah. I had rehearsal at night and I was asleep right here on the couch. By six o'clock, I was just zonked out. I so wish that you could have been there. Neat. It would have, it really would have been a neat experience for the two of us to share. Absolutely. Um, Jesse just being interesting, which, you know, she's won, uh, she won a Tony for Beautiful, the Carol King story. She was in Waitress, she was in Carousel. And I've seen her in all three of those. Right. And I'm obsessed with her. Yes. And I've been obsessed with Seth Rudetsky. Yes. For a very long time. His show on YouTube, Stars in the House, got me through lockdown during COVID. Yeah, he and his husband created this show to raise money for for Broadway. The Actors Fund. Yes. For the the Actors Fund. And his husband, James Wesley, is actually from 
Dallas. Yes, and he was there, and he had he came out on stage briefly, uh, a little more than briefly. I mean, he came out for a song or two, but he talked about being from here, and he talked like his aunt and his niece and some other people were uh, in the audience. It was really exciting, and it was it would have been very exciting for you for obvious reasons, and it was super exciting for me because it was like oh like this, like because Seth is like goals you know and i bought his his latest book that came out and you can get it on amazon it's called musical theater for dummies i definitely want to read that yeah so <laughs> it was really fun but so what was your fun activity um, so this wasn't really a fun activity but it was an activity that we did together last week because oh. we got <laughs> cheap tickets to see river dance <laughs> and you approached me and asked me if I wanted to go. And I was like, uh, I kind of don't want to go. And you're like, well, they're really cheap tickets. I'm like, okay, you know what? It's not on my bucket list. Let's go see Let's it. go for it. Let's, Let's do it. Try. I, I, and my um, listeners, the way I was able to lure him was, I'll cover the cost of the tickets, but you buy my snacks. Which, honestly, he was kind of on the losing end of that. Yes. If you might, Because I love snacks. But but we threw caution to the wind. We threw caution to the wind, and we went to go see it, and we were we got lucky seats. So basically, lucky seats is like a lottery. You go in the lottery, and they tell you, "Hey, you got lucky seats," but you don't know what seats you have until you get to the box office. And I've done lucky seats before. Sometimes I've been lucky, and some I've been unlucky. We were really unlucky this time. We were second to the last row. We but were, we were but at JJ. least... We were in row JJ. We were, but at <laughs> least... Here's how I look at it. Is at least we were not up on uh, the balcony. This is true because the balcony at Fair Park <clears throat> is Oh my awful. gosh, you might as well just stay home. Yeah, you can't see anything. I saw Dear Evan Hansen in the balcony from Lucky Seats, thank you. Um, and... We could not see a darn thing. Yeah. The actors were tiny, tiny, tiny. Good thing I saw it on Broadway two years prior with Ben Platt, and it was an amazing theater experience, but this was awful. Because Ben Platt is amazing. Well, duh. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Um, um, our, but see, I didn't think our seats were that bad for Riverdance, but you have to understand, listeners, that Mark's seats are maybe like the first three to five rows. First three true. rows. I want to see the expressions on their face. Yes. I want to see the fabric on their costumes. I want to see their microphone on their forehead. I want to see it all. To, to be fair, that's a, a wonderful way to watch a show. And I, ever since you and I have been going to theater together, which has been about the last year, a little over a year, there are, to, there are times where I'm like, okay... I'm going to buy a Mark seat. Maybe it's a Broadway show or maybe it's a community theater. But there are other times, sometimes, where I'm like, I don't need to be that close. I felt like ours, were they were okay for what we were seeing. But uh, why don't you continue to elaborate on what we saw? Well, first I want to go through how the night started once we got into the theater. So I always take a selfie of us. Yes. With our programs in our seats. And I took this picture, and I didn't like it. So I took another one. And after I took that picture, I dropped my phone, which made me drop my wine and spill it all over the place. So I didn't even have wine to get me through Riverdance. 
Right. So Riverdance starts, and I think Riverdance is the same music over and over. Correct. Same, I would agree. The same dance steps over and over. Agree. And after the first number, I was done. And there were, in the first act, there were... Um, nine songs, I think. Oh, were there nine songs? I think there were nine, and then I believe there were nine in the second act. Oh, my gosh. Act one ended. Mm-hmm. I turned to you, and I said, well... And we did not engage one word, one time, the whole first act. We sat there, and we watched every single song slash dance, every single one. There were one or two that were solos, Remember, the, there was a woman in this gorgeous red dress, and she kind of did something like a salsa. And that was, honestly, the only one that was sort of different from all the other eight. But we did not engage at all, talking, motioning, nothing. The lights go up. I turned to you, and I said, well, what do you think? And you, didn't, you couldn't even turn and look at me. You were like, you looked at me side-eye, and you were like, well, what do you think? And I said... You know, I'm good. We can go. And you and you breathed a sigh of like, relief. Thank goodness, because if you said you wanted to stay, <laughs> I was going to stay in the lobby and watch TikToks. Yes, you were. Because I could not sit through another act of Riverdance, especially being so far away. Because my friend Chuck, who we saw on our way out, posted later how diverse the cast was and how it was great to see... But being so far away, I couldn't see. There was one dance. I was like, is that a guy or a girl? I'm just not sure. Oh, really? Because I couldn't tell from the, from the costume. See, I didn't, again, I didn't mind the distance we were. Yeah. The, but you, so I don't really agree with you on that. But I do understand what you're saying. I understand what you're saying. Because, as I mentioned, I don't always have to be so, so close. I but know. the, and they are, the dancers are absolutely amazing. In my greatest dreams, I could never be one one thousandth of the kind of dancer these dancers are. Oh, same. But one song in, one song slash dance in. We got it. It was, it was all good. We got it. It was We're good. Done. We don't have to see anymore. Uh-huh. We went home and all was well with the world. Yeah. And you know what? We've seen Riverdance. Now we, we can say we've seen Riverdance. We've River seen dance. River. We didn't see the dance. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> we so, saw half of it. Yes. That, and we did give it a shot on our drive there. We, we both did. were looking at each other like, we may love it. We may, it may blow us away. I knew I wasn't going to love it. <laughs> but but we were, at least were open enough to go to it. We, we, we saw, we conquered. We never have to see it again. That's right. Sorry, Riverdance. I know you've been around for 25 years. People love you. That audience hooted and hollered and cheered. Chandler Bing does not love you from Friends because he thinks the the legs operate differently, <laughs> independently from the body. Um, and so, Chandler, we will gladly yeah. go to musical theater with you, yeah. but we don't want to go see Riverdance but either. But Riverdance, could it be any more boring? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Touche. Touche. Okay. So that was something fun and funny that we shared. Yes, absolutely. We've given way too much time and attention to Riverdance, so let's dive in. Let's first discuss Next to Normal, which I dis- I ushered at Theater 3 and saw the show um, just last week. If 
any of our listeners are not familiar with this show, it is a rock musical book and lyrics by Brian Yorkie and music by Tom Kitt. The musical centers around the Goodman family and how they navigate around Diana, who's the mother, and her bipolar disorder. It was on Broadway from 2009 to 2011. I had the honor of seeing it, and I was in love with the show and the score from the get-go. It showed Alice Ripley, who was later replaced by the late Marin Mazzi, as the mother. J. Robert Spencer as the father, Dan, who was later replaced with Brian Darcy James, mm. who you know from Into the Woods. Yes. Um, Jennifer Damiano played the daughter and Aaron Tiviet of Moulin Rouge fame and Greece Live and a lot of other stuff. He played Gabriel. Next to Normal won the 2010 Pulitzer Prize. So that is some great information. It also won the 2008 Outer Critics Circle Award for Outstanding New Score. And in 2009, it won the Tony for Best Original Score. And Alice Ripley won for the Best Leading Actress. Yeah, I thought that that was uh, really interesting that it won the Pulitzer. Mm-hmm. I thought, um, now, Fat Ham which is currently on Broadway, um, that play has won a Pulitzer. As and you, you Strange Loop. Oh, did Strange mm-hmm. Loop? And yeah. you just don't hear that that often. So it makes you stop and think and know that, not to be funny, but know that the play you're discussing that won that Pulitzer sure. is going to make you stop and think as oh, well. absolutely, absolutely. Fatham definitely did that. Mm-hmm. I did not have a chance to see a strange loop. I did see Fat Ham in March, and it definitely makes you think. And next to normal profoundly makes yeah, you think. Yeah, Strange Loop definitely makes you think. And I know we were talking about Mark seats. When I saw Strange Loop, I saw it with Doug and my friend Chris. And for some reason we got seats in the balcony. Oh. Not the that's orchestra, unusual. Not the orchestra, not the mezzanine, but above that, the balcony. Okay. But I actually really enjoyed the show regardless. And it wasn't a bad seat. It wasn't? Wait, not because a mark of, seat. Uh-huh. Not a mark seat. But I enjoyed the show and I was able to be engaged with the show, even though it was not a mark seat. Sometimes, you know, depending on the size of the house and the layout of the house, sometimes it works. Mm. It sounded like for a strange loop, it worked. I won't do it again, but it wasn't terrible. It wasn't terrible. I digress. Let's get back to next to normal. All right, let's get back to it. (laughs) So next to normal explores life with mental illness. Mm -hmm. That's the short and sweet version. Yeah. With mental illness and with grief and how it affects us and our relationships and our ability to love. Yeah. And that is truly it in a nutshell. Yeah, and it's told with a rock score. Yes. And I love the score. I've listened to the CD so many times in the last decade. I just love it. I'm pretty much addicted to it. I definitely, this was my first time to see it. Mm-hmm. I had not seen it anywhere before. Sure. I'm certainly not seen it on Broadway. Mm-hmm. I definitely enjoyed the music as well. Yeah. I loved, I loved it. Yeah. And... Our listeners who don't know, who've never been to Theater 3, Theater 3 is done in the round. Um, So you have audience all around you. So audience all around me could see me cry. Well, you were, trust me, you were not the only one. Yeah. Because I didn't pay attention or I didn't hear the the sound that you know when someone is crying. If they're going, you know, or or something like that. that But in the second act... Sure. In the second act, mm-hmm. uh, uh, 
I heard that a lot. It, I did not, um, some of these themes that are indexed to normal, mm-hmm. I'll be honest with you, they touch very close to home. I'm, sure. I'm giving you a little bit of personal insight. Some of these themes touch very close to home for me. So for me, I watched it with very open eyes and the first act, I, I was triggered a bit. Um, but the second act was much, much better for me. And I really liked how the play ended up, if you will, for lack of a better term. Sure. I liked the conclusion. I definitely liked the second act. Sure. Um, you, I believe, texted me, maybe it was at intermission. It was intermission. And you said, oh my gosh, I just love it. And you had a feeling you would love it because oh, you've absolutely. seen it before. Yeah, absolutely. But if you don't have a good cast or a good band or a good staging... The show's just not good. And it had all of that. It I, had a good band. It had a great cast. Mm-hmm. It really did. Um, the mom, uh, Diana, was fabulous. Um, played by Kara Serber. Yeah. She was fantastic. She really was. And I and she, I felt like she wasn't acting. You know, there's many parts where you, you see them acting and you feel them putting all this energy... I didn't feel like she was acting. She was yeah. so natural and yes. she was so good in the role. And I know that you really haven't listened to the CD, but there were so many times I was like, she sounds so much like Alice Ripley. Uh, and she wasn't trying to, I'm sure, but that's just her natural, the timbre of her voice. Uh-huh. And she was just incredible. She just played it so real. She did play it very real. Mm-hmm. She played it effortlessly. That's what I would that's say. That's the perfect word. Uh-huh. Yes. She really did. She belonged in that role. She became. She, she became. She Diana. did. You yeah. didn't. You didn't think to yourself, "Oh, she's acting." You were just like, "I'm watching this person mm-hmm. who is in a, so much pain and has been for so long." You were watching a true person in no, pain. Absolutely, absolutely. And the father, Dan Ian Ferguson, I uh-huh. said, he's so cute. He's so handsome. I was like, he "Oh, is. I had a little bit of a crush on him," <laughs> but he was also just a great actor. I just played. want us to have one podcast episode where one of us doesn't say that we had a crush Where we don't it. fangirl on someone in <laughs> yes. the cast. I mean, it's just once. Gonna, it's just not going to happen. It's, it's not, not going to happen. We but fall in love very quickly, listeners. We do. We, really we do. do. But, but his, he was wonderful. He really was. Yeah. The way he acted the role, the way he sang, his stage presence, you really saw the hurt and the angst and... Everything the uncertainty of what to do. Sure, He absolutely. doesn't know how to help. He doesn't know what more to do to help his wife than what sure. he's already doing. Sure, and he sang the score just beautifully. <coughs> he sang the score beautifully. Yeah. It was really good. And, of course, our girlfriend, Presley. Oh, our we're, favorite. We're not sure how to pronounce her name. It's D-U-Y-C-K. But we've seen her in... Mama Mia, uh, Gypsy at Theater at, Arlington, mm-hmm, and Mama Mia yeah. at uh, Lyric. Yeah, put absolutely. It on. And, she and is, she's we good just love her. And she's good in everything she does. <clears throat> she's a she's a pretty girl with a great voice and great stage presence. And she nailed the part of Natalie. The part of Natalie is not easy because she's this angsty teenager. You know, teenagers go through so much with their hormones and school and boyfriend and here and here she's in this dysfunctional four wall house mm-hmm. and having she's surrounded by so much she's surrounded by grief she's surrounded by depression by drug abuse um by 
by uh, suicide. She's surrounded by all this. And she's, what, 14? How, how do you grapple with that? Yeah, absolutely. And she played it so well. You really, you felt for her and, and you also were rooting for her. Absolutely. And I fell in love with her boyfriend, Henry. Oh, yes. He was just so endearing and so sweet. He's so sweet. And the funny thing is, because he's a big stoner, but he just looked like a stoner. Uh-huh. And I'm not sure if it was the costuming or just his mannerisms. But I was like, dude, that's a stoner. And he just, he was just great. He owned that part. And that was um, Alejandro Saucedo. Yes. Played Mm -hmm. uh, um, Henry. Henry, And I couldn't read my note. Um, And he was, yeah, he was great. Because he was so gentle Mm -hmm. in his performance of Henry. He was the supportive boyfriend. He was the boyfriend that was like, it's like, but like his actions were like, I'm not going to give up on you. I'm like, I'm here for you. He's really sweet. Yes. He's so sweet. And Very he just much played so. the part so well. I mean, you just, you just fell in love with him. Most definitely. Now, and of course, now we don't want to leave out Come. one of the main characters, um, Gabriel. Yes. Mm-hmm. Who would, I mean, Spoiler alert. Yes. Okay. He's the, we'll dead, he's the dead son. Yeah. That right, Diana so still yeah. thinks is alive. Every time, because I've seen the show so many times, and I know that he's not really there. I get chills just talking about this. Every time he just gets on stage for the first time, I start to like well to up. Well oh, up. Do I you do, really? I do. Yeah. And then when she brings the birthday cake out. Yes. That's when I lose it. That is when I just lose it and I'm grabbing for tissues and my nose is running. <laughs> well, when the cake came out and then it was, and then, it, you know, the cat was out of the bag and it's like, okay, this son, Gabriel, that we've seen since the beginning Oh, you know, in my, if you had been in my head, you would have heard a, oh. It's like that movie with Bruce Willis. Yes, yes. Um, uh, I See Dead People. Yeah, that um, one. Yeah, yeah, but it's not called I See yeah, Dead People. Yeah, you know, you know what we're talking about. The Fifth about. Element? No. No, no, because I've no. never seen that movie. Okay, I don't, yeah. I forgot the name of that movie. It's all good. But it's yeah, good. it's like. But it's, it's like that, you're like, oh. Exactly. And then you're like. Nobody was interacting with him. Right, right. Because he's not really there. Okay, and one other thing that came to mind was, now it was a fake birthday cake, but man, it was a good looking birthday cake. (laughs) It just looked pretty delicious. I'm not kidding. Again, if you know me, I love love salty snacks and I love sweets. And I kind of couldn't... I couldn't take my eyes off the cake. <laughs> I was like, that was a good looking cake. Oh, my but at this, and simultaneously with thinking it was a good looking cake was that whole, oh. oh my gosh, and so bad. that was, and then it's like, okay, okay. And then you're like piecing together, like you said, from the beginning. Okay, so nobody was interacting with him. Oh, okay. I got it. Here's I got another it. another layer yes. that they're just adding on to this. And he was phenomenal. Aiden Valentine played Gabe and he just the way he played the role and he sang that score was also just wow, phenomenal. Yeah. He was he was he had a very great a very nice voice mm-hmm. for sure. It was it really was a very touching production. Mm-hmm. Um I got very not knowing uh, if I go to a show, um, I 
I don't like to go get spoiler alerts, so I really knew nothing about this show. Sure. I just knew, bring Kleenex. It's funny. It's touching. It's depressing. Again, bring Kleenex. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have to use my Kleenex. I was just trying to digest everything. I went into intermission, and I um, I was kind of on high alert because I was really afraid that something was going to happen to Natalie, the daughter. Mm-hmm. And emotionally, for me, watching it, I just couldn't handle that. Sure, sure. Um, I just could like, in my mind, honestly, I kind of was like, uh, I don't really want to be here for Act 2 because I don't want anything to happen to her, and I feel like something's going to happen to her. But I stayed. I was with my friend Lisa, mm-hmm. and, um, <clears throat> excuse me, we the second act was very enlightening, Um Kara Serber, again, as the mom, as Diana, just, I I don't want to say owned every scene. I feel like I've said that before in past podcasts, but you know what? I'm going to say it because she really did own every scene. She really delivered in the second act. And it, I'm not going to say it tied up nicely, but it tied up in a very benign way oh yeah it didn't tie up malignantly Mm -hmm. and i was afraid it was going to absolutely the one thing that gets me towards the end is when gabriel and the father dan were on stage together because that never happened and then he's like gabriel he says his name he says his name for the very first time you know what the son's name is and again chills because that just chokes me up every time yeah you and see you're seeing um the father you're seeing dan's turmoil mm-hmm. finally come out because he's held it in he's held it in he's, for self-preservation he's got to be strong for diana this whole yeah. time but he never let himself grieve exactly over this dead son exactly and that part watching that i kind of internally um after i could process it and understand what just happened mm-hmm. and understand the conclusion sure, of it, if you absolutely. will. Absolutely. I I I breathed internally a sigh of relief for Dan. Like, okay, you can you can say his name, you can let it out. Absolutely. It's tough to do that. You're you're watching all this play out mm-hmm. and it and and you you jump from me, I was jumping from one character to another, feeling just as bad for the last character as I do for the next one. And you're just hoping that they can figure out ways to maneuver through this grief. Sure, absolutely. And a few more things I just wanted to mention. So Colin Phillips played both of the doctors. Yes. And his voice is phenomenal because he really has to rock it up. And he really had that vibrato, um, just rock feel to him. And he, I just love the way he played those roles. And that was great. Um, One thing I wanted to mention, I'm not sure if you saw this, and I'm usually not really good with noticing this, but the house, like the frame of the house, uh-huh. and I don't know if this was their intention, but it looked like colored popsicle sticks. Mm. Like the frame of the house with like colored popsicle sticks, and I'm thinking this house is fragile. Oh. And maybe oh. that is completely off base, but that's what I saw, that's what I thought, and there I said it on the podcast. Okay. I think it was a very fragile house, because it obviously was, and it was made of popsicle sticks, and any second, it could just fall down and break. I, You know, I did not notice that, but 
I think that that's a very accurate observation. Mm -hmm. And I do, I wonder if that was their intent. Yeah. Because that certainly would make sense. Yeah, absolutely. That would really make sense. And we could always reach out and ask someone from Theater 3, hey, was that the intent of uh, the, the house and of the set? Another thing, this has always been my favorite line in the show, and it always makes me giggle, where Dan is talking about the doctor. And he says, three different women at work gave me his name. And she responds, three women at work? No, I'm nuts. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just love that line. Yeah, that got, uh, that got some laughs, yeah. definitely, in our audience. Yeah. The night I ushered, it was a Thursday night, it was a very small audience, and I was very, very sad because really? the show just deserves a good audience because it's so good. The show yes. is phenomenal. Theater 3 does a great job with it. The show itself is strong. So, But I do know that they do have bigger audiences for this weekend, so we're good. We're good. Good. Yeah. They, um, well, I'm glad that, um, I'm glad that we saw it on different nights mm -hmm. um not we don't always see shows together sitting next to each other and seeing it on different nights we both can observe different things Absolutely. and i like what you observed saying it seemed like they were painted popsicle sticks because that that very well could be their intention yeah absolutely and like i said i normally don't get that deep or notice things like that but that i noticed well let's move on let's Let's lighten up the mood just a little bit. Yeah, let's please, because I need my tissues. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. And I and I really need a piece of cake. Um, just FYI. As always. Um, yeah, always. <laughs> so the second production that uh, we both saw, and again, we didn't see it together, but it's here in Dallas, and it was put on... Um, it's a co-production between Uptown Players and Stage West Theater. Is Cruel Intentions, the 90s musical. Um, it's created by Jordan Ross, Lindsay Rosen, and Roger Cumble, And it's based on the film by Roger Cumble. And I will tell you that the last time I saw anything Cruel Intentions related, I've never seen it on stage. Um, I saw the 1999 film with the rock stars, Sarah Michelle Gellar, Ryan Philippe, Selma Blair, and of course Reese Witherspoon. Mm -hmm. And I don't know anybody that didn't see that movie. And it's so iconic for nineties, and it's such a great, just such a great film. It is, yeah, one of my favorites. It is. You, you're watching it. I remember. I mean, it was in 1999. Okay, it was 24 years ago. But I remember watching it, and at the beginning, just thinking, "Oh my God, Ryan Philippe is so." Hot. He is so he's hot. so hot. He's so hot. And seriously, 15 minutes in, like you start to hate him. Mm -hmm. And you're just like, he's such a, yeah. so diabolical. Mm -hmm. And, but, and Sarah Michelle Gellar, she is as cute as the day is long. And you start to hate her. Oh, of course. She's horrible. She's, She's horrible. The worst. And then there's sweet little Reese Witherspoon. Yes. And that's where her and Ryan met. Yes, it is. And then they got married, had kids, and now they're divorced. Uh -huh. Spoiler alert, folks. Oh, and she's also got, getting or gotten a divorce from her second husband, Jim Toe. Oh, Toe's. no. But Ryan, you could call me if you want. You I don't know, know what Ryan you're up to, Ryan. cheated on her. You don't want Ryan. Oh, I didn't know Ryan, Ryan cheated yeah, on her. Ryan cheated on her with some... I don't know. Some oh, I didn't know. Oh, Ryan, never I'm mind. I'm sure, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, he's a pig. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's okay. so hot, though. Oh, he is hot. <laughs> he's very hot. And he moved, he was so, I mean, this was 24 years ago. And who among us wasn't hot back then? And so, well, I don't know. I wasn't. But I'm sure, I know you were, because I've seen pictures from that. But he was just, he was a hottie. Uh, to use your word, this is an iconic film. You know, of course, it's set in an elite Manhattan prep school. And it's just the epitome of the 90s. Um and it the musical um was a 2015 jukebox musical based on the film made up of 90s music. Mm-hmm. Now, did you have you ever seen it on stage before? I did. In 2019 it came to the Wiley. Okay. And it was a tour. Okay. And I did go see that and I decided it was you know, I I fell in love with it because it was the great story of Cruel Intentions, and it's almost verbatim from the movie. The yes. script is almost verbatim, plus all those great 90s songs. Oh, all those so amazing songs. So you were just like, you know, rocking out, and it was just a very fun atmosphere. So, yeah, I loved every second of it. Oh, I wish I could have seen that. Yeah, and you said that was when? Show. 2019? Yeah, 2019. It came on to, it uh, toured through uh, the, the U.S., and it came to the Wiley. I would have loved to yeah, have seen it was that. Really good. Um, it's so, and it's also, you know, the film is a modern day telling of the, and I didn't know this, yeah, of the seven, yeah, yeah, the seven, and the 1782 <laughs> French novel, but I can't pronounce it in yeah, French, so I, I, dangerously, I, 1782. Yeah, I looked it up today, I was like, I can't pronounce these words, I'm no. not going to say that. Yeah. But I never saw Dangerous Liaisons. I didn't was either. Michelle Pfeiffer in that? I think so. I think so. We should go I think see so. it. We should see yeah. that. Yeah. It was so. Um, I didn't. I I didn't know the book that it was based on was that old. Yeah. I didn't know it was, it was from that. Sure, sure, yeah. Well, the show um, was uh, very well received. Um, New York, uh, New York Times called the musical funny and nostalgia fueled, and that the inspired soundtrack hits are all there in this enjoyable mm-hmm. show. Um, Entertainment Tonight and InStyle Magazine also positively reviewed it. So it's, you know, it's gotten, again, it's iconic. Yeah, so, and there's a cast recording on Spotify because I listened to it before I saw it in 2019. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, so what did you think of this cast? I love this cast. So really quickly, a few nights before I saw it, I had a friend message me. And he said that him and his husband walked out because they didn't like it. They didn't think the singing was good. And then I had another friend instant message me. He's like, I hear you're seeing Cruel Intentions tonight. It's not that great. So I went in with low expectations and I was completely blown away because I disagreed with them completely. Mm-hmm. I thought this is a very strong cast. These characters obviously are very well known because of the movie. Right. But I think every single actor made those characters their own. The girl who played Catherine did not imitate Sarah Michelle. No. Cecile was not Selma Blair. Mm-hmm. They really made these characters their own. They did. And I didn't think the singing was bad. I thought it was very good. I didn't either. I loved it. I told you because I saw it about, a, I saw it a week before you did. Mm-hmm. And... When I saw it, a, a day or two before that, is when you told me of one of those exchanges yeah. where you said some of your friends walked out. I didn't want to walk out. I loved it. Yeah. At intermission, I was there with a girlfriend of mine. 
we really liked it. We were like, we were kind of laughing about it because she hadn't seen it since it was in the theaters either. Yeah, absolutely. And we were just, we were laughing about how diabolical Sebastian was. Oh, yeah. And what a bitch Catherine was. Mm -hmm. And Catherine was played by Catherine Jacobson. And she nailed it. Yeah, she did. She, you, again, about, well, I say again, about 15 minutes into the movie, you hate Ryan Philippe, right? Because he's awful. 15 minutes into this performance, you hated Catherine. Oh, yeah. She she played a good, mean girl. Very she much so. She played it really well. And she sang those songs incredibly, like, I'm the only one, she need a bottle. Uh, the one I loved at the very end, because it was kind of a medley of everything she did. And I was thinking, this is just like Rose's turn in Gypsy. And then I look at the program, and it's called Catherine's Turn. I'm like, yes, an homage to Gypsy. Oh, I that's love so it. funny. Like, yes, yes, it's perfect. That's really funny. Yeah. Yeah, they, they, I, all of the um, actors did a great job. Um, Sebastian was played by Ethan Massengale. He did a great job. Yeah, he really did. He, would, he definitely played that sleazy he did. prep kid. Yes. But then at the end, when he was really having feelings for Nat, you really saw him fall in love and then kind of back away. Yeah. yeah he, he did that really well. I it really was real cat that. and mouse. I forgot how cat and mouse it was. Sure. Back and forth and back and mm-hmm. forth. And he, re- I really enjoyed his character and Catherine's character Absolutely. the most. I, I just really thought they were great. Sure. And I would tell you, Ronald's character, played by Jonah Monroe, mm-hmm. he was so funny. Jonah was great. And I actually know Jonah. I did a production of Music Man at the Artisan Center Theater, and he was in the ensemble as a dancer. Okay. And he's a great dancer, as you could tell. Uh-huh. But yeah, no, he was great in the role of Ronald. And he was when, really, he just added, like, he was so funny. And also, when he's in the ensemble dancing, like, my eye went to him, not just because I knew him, just because he's so good with not just the dance moves, but his facial expressions, and he was so into it. Mm-hmm. They all were, but he just had a, a little spark about he did. him. Absolutely. In, instead of, because, you know, he's not one of the most major actors. Yeah, Ronald's not the, a main character. But, but, he, but I kind of, he when I think about, I mean, who's the third one I've mentioned? I've mentioned Sebastian, mm-hmm. and I've Catherine, mentioned Catherine, and, and now like, I've mentioned yeah, him. Yeah. He really brought a lot to the part. Yeah. He was very enjoyable. And the girl who played Annette, which is the Reese Witherspoon part, uh-huh. at first, because she does not, she's not a skinny blonde girl. No. She's not, but I love the way she played the part, and I loved her voice. She had a vulnerability, you know, in, in the role, but she also had some spunk as well. And, you know, she's basically telling him no. Yes. Yeah. She was, she was really sweet. Mm-hmm. And she, uh, I agree with you, when she came out and I was like, wait, that, that's Annette? Because you're expecting someone who looks like Reese Witherspoon to come out. You just are. Even though I hadn't seen the movie since 1999, sure. that's who you have in mind. Absolutely. And but... she did. She had this sweetness. But, she, but then yeah. she also had a little bit of attitude like, hey, man, no. You know, back up. Yeah. No, no she was great. And that was uh, Hannah. We're going to totally destroy her last name. 
Valdivinos? Yeah, you didn't destroy correct. it. That's yeah. how I would have said there it. You, go, Hannah. you no, did a Hannah, nice you, job, you Hannah. Really great. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. It was, and our audience seemed to, I went on a Sunday afternoon and our audience seemed to really enjoy it. Um, one of our friends, um, Michael Moore, um, does the wigs and does makeup. Mm-hmm. And um, he, I saw him after that afternoon's performance and he was uh so sweet hi michael and um he was glad that i said hi he works really really hard um working for uptown players shows doing hair hair and makeup or just makeup and and helping like side stage um backstage and he said he was like almost kind of giddy because he's like gosh they just they they brought it so strongly today and just he was really excited and like fueled by that afternoon's performance um they also had performed at stage west theater in fort worth before they brought it to dallas with uptown players um and going back to a sunday performance sometimes sunday matinees can be hard because sometimes sunday matinee audiences well we call them graveyard audiences because sometimes there's just there's not a lot there. There's not a lot of interaction. There's not a lot of clapping and hooting and hollering. But it sounds like they're very reactive and they were. Reactive. I you know I'm in my I'm in my fifties and it seemed like I mean we both are and it seemed like a lot of the audience most of the audience was in this my sure. our age group yeah and I, they were so into that i think most times i go to uptown players it's mostly you think it's mostly yeah, that age our age range yeah, our age and it's mostly the gays it's it's the the old queens go to the theater at uptown players yeah and that's what they cater to yes and our audience ate this up we there were, were a lot of females in my in my oh, audience good, good. And they they did. They ate it up. They hooted and hollered, uh, especially at the end when everyone came out. And, um, but of course, I mean, that's generally what happens anyway. But they hooted and hollered all throughout. When there were all these iconic 90s songs, the audience really, really got into it. And that also helps. That helps me, at least, when I see a show and everyone else is having just as much fun as I as I know I'm having. Oh, absolutely! And and just some more from the the songs: um, Ace of Base, The Sign, um, No Scrubs, I Don't Want to Wait, I'll Make Love to You, Natalie and Polina's Torn, Foolish Games, Bitch. Genie in a Bottle. Yeah, I'm like these are songs that I jam out to still to this day. Yeah, because these are the songs I listened to in college and afterwards. And yeah, so I worked so at the I worked at the Dallas Observer selling advertising from 1999 to 2002, and half of these songs when I hear them remind me of my days at the Observer. Oh yeah, totally remind me of my days at the Observer. So um, again, as we've said, iconic, and they just take us back. They just totally take us back to those days, and I just really enjoyed this cast. It was so nice. To, I mean, it's not a nice play or movie, but it was so much, I'm going to use a better word, it was so much fun to be taken back to remembering the movie and how 
really kind of wild the movie is and they brought it they yeah. put it all up they put it all out there on stage yeah. it's nostalgia and we all love nostalgia agreed mm-hmm. very much agreed yeah. i was really glad to see both next to normal that i had never seen before mm-hmm. it was obviously a very different type of performance from cruel intentions but it was very fun to see something nostalgic like cruel intentions i saw both of them the same week yeah. and it was fun to see one thing and then the a 180 of the other yeah, a absolutely. 180 of it right? and that's what i love about musical theater I just love that musical theater can make you cry. It can make you feel nostalgic. It can make you elated. And there are so many different types of shows out there. Agreed. And there are even, you and I talk about the shows that we don't like. There are shows that you don't like that I like and vice versa. And then there are some of those shows that both of us don't like. But even those shows we can sit there and talk about. and And we say to each other, look. It's just like anything else. You're not always going to like everything 100% of the time. Sure. You're not going to like every single show. And one of the things with me, too, is that I don't like to go see dark shows, dark things. But I'm gonna ha- I need to go explore down that lane and start seeing some dark things like Sweeney Todd. Well, Next to Normal was a good start. Because exactly. That's, that's pretty dark. So I had a conversation with my mom today. I'll call, I call my mom every day. She's 85 years old. She's from New York. And she used to go to Broadway all the time. And she used to know all the Broadway musicals. I got into theater and Broadway musicals because of my upbringing. And she asked me today, because I was talking about the Tonys. We pre-record these, so the Tonys were last night. But now we're in the future. Or in the past. <laughs> I'm not sure which one. And she asked me... Is Broadway better or worse than it was? Like in the 80s or the 60s. I mean, it's not better or worse. It's just different. When she was growing up, it was Rodgers and Hammerstein. It was Oklahoma and Carousel, South Pacific. You know, then in the 60s, it was like West Side Story. Then in the 80s, you have your Les Mises and your Phantoms. I could go on forever. Uh But now we have... Our jukebox musicals. Yes. And we have our Carol King and our Tina Turner musical. And MJ. MJ, The Temptations, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So it's just different. It's not better. She, she wouldn't like most of what's on right now. I don't think I, my mom could sit through a jukebox musical because she would think it's noise. There are some but... people that are so anti jukebox musical sure sure it just it it bugs them i mean i see comments and there are groups that we're in let's say on facebook and people are so anti-jukebox musical i truly enjoyed a jukebox musical when very jukebox, much when jukebox musicals first came out i was very skeptical and i think the first one that i saw was mama mia okay and you know i adore mama mia you do and i've seen so many jukebox musicals and i don't think there was one that i did not like because it's music that I've known for many years, and it brings you back. Yes. Again, the nostalgia that we talked about. Absolutely. One show that um, you saw in London, but I saw it in New York in no- November, and Juliet. I couldn't get enough of it. I was with Alan and Jessica, 
And we just, at intermission, we were like, oh my God, it was just so much yeah, fun. Yeah, we were the same. I was in London. I was completely jet lagged and exhausted. And it was a big party. And I was just got this second wind from the energy from the stage because it was just electric. Yeah, the energy. I like that word. There was so much energy on that stage when we were watching it. Uh, it was it was great. Yeah. It was so it was so much fun. Um, but again, you're just like anything. You're not ever gonna like anything one hundred percent of the time. And even when it's something that you don't like, because neither you nor I like shucked, mm-hmm. it's still something that we can talk about. Absolutely, and we and we can understand that uh, and agree that Alex. Winning the Tony, Ugh. she should have won yeah, the Tony. Absolutely. She should have. And well deserved. And like a lot of our friends did not like Cruel Intentions at Uptown Players. Uh huh. And we thought it was a great day of entertainment it as great. it was. Yeah. It was it, great. Yeah, it was a job well done, Uptown Players. Absolutely. Well, Lila, I do think it's time for our curtain call where we say goodbye and take our bows. But before we do, we want to invite you to send us an email. And let us know if you have any suggestions for future podcasts or just tell us how amazing you think that we are or how ridiculous we think we are. <laughs> or you could or you could email us and ask for our address and send us a cake. I mean you could you could do that. I like Zabars, don't you? Zabars is amazing. Mm-hmm. What is our email address? Our email address is Mark and Lila, and that's M-A-R-C and Lila, L-I-L-A, so Mark and Lila at yahoo.com. And you can also please go follow us on Instagram. Instagram. Yeah, Mark and Lila love Broadway, of course. As of this week, we're at almost 700 followers. And like two weeks ago, we were at like 300, so. That's correct. We're so we are gaining momentum, folks. We are, we are snowballing. We would love it if you would follow us on Instagram. And we love input. Uh, we somebody DM'd us today and was like, "Hey, I love your work. Do you know Roger Bart?" Yeah, and I was like, "We don't." And and have you interviewed him? And I was like, oh, "We don't." But yeah. you know, if you know him, we'd love to talk to him. Just give him our number. Yeah. So please check us out on the social medias, uh, on the interwebs, and also. Listen to us and send us an email. Yeah, well, thanks for listening, guys, and we'll catch you next time. Thanks, guys. Bye.